The Takeaway is supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the Star Foundation, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, advancing journalistic excellence in the digital age. More information about the Foundation's digital initiatives at knightfoundation.org. We are, of course, hot and heavy into election seasons heading up to November. And today we're going to look at one of our problem children in the United States here at Florida, the Sunshine State. They'll, they'll be surprised to hear about that, the Floridians Is it their will. Problem, their problem children? children? I'm married to a Floridian. He wouldn't be surprised by that. Call us at 877-8MIKE-TAKE <laughs> if you're a problem child from Florida. Well, the Sunshine State obviously has been in the international spotlight for weeks because of the uh, threat to hold a public burning of Qurans down there that did not occur. But today we're going to talk about the three-way race for U.S. Senate. That's also getting uh, hot. Farai today is here to tell us about it. You spent the weekend in Florida kind of getting a lay of the land. And and just to be clear for our listeners, it's a three-way race. We've got Republican Marco Rubio. We've got Democrat uh, Kendrick Meek and the Republican governor who's running as an independent, Charlie Crist. So let's talk about Charlie Crist first and his chances in this election. Well, Charlie Crist is someone who no longer has a party infrastructure, but he still has a lot of supporters. He is um, he's an independent. He basically was in a very tight primary race with Marco Rubio, and he sort of pulled out. He just basically said, I'm I'm uh, done with the Republican Party. I'm pulling out. And um, we got a chance to speak with him. And here's why. I left the party because I didn't feel that allegiance and, and uh, it wasn't a place I wanted to be. I mean, you know, quote unquote, you're not conservative enough. And then it goes to another dimension that you're not, quote unquote, pure enough. I don't know what that means, but I don't want to be part of that. And and I think most people in this country don't want to either. You know, after all, each and every one of us are independent uh, human beings. So he seems to be trying to tap into that sort of anger against incumbents and anger against politics as usual. He, he is. And what's, you know, what's interesting is that I met him at a, an event he was doing at this union hall, very classic situation where there was a, a union hall full of, you know, frankly, mainly older men um, who have been able to stay in the business for 30 years. It's an air conditioner and pipe fitters union. These guys are Democrats, as far as I can tell. Just about everybody was a Democrat. And um, they just don't want Rubio to win. So they're trying to triangulate. And um, Kendrick Meek did not have a lot of their support. Oh, well, then let's talk about Kendrick Meek really quickly. Uh, he's the, obviously the Democratic candidate for for the Senate. And, and you spoke to him as well. He's part of these mainstream party, like Marco Rubio. He's one of the two-party ticket. He is. And he's also um, a sort of second generation congressman. He is in the same seat that his mother, Carrie Meek, once held. And so we got a chance to talk to him a little bit about what it's like to be a second generation politician. My mother first ran in 1979. But as I grew up uh, pushing that grocery cart, hearing the stories um, when we would go shopping, hearing the stories of folks saying, you know, Miss Meek, I want to thank you for helping me move into my first home. You helped my daughter get into school. Um, I really like the way you stand for us. Um, Really, this public service thing started to grow on me at at that point. It sounded like you were in the car. Yes, we were driving. I was about to say, we were driving around his district of Miami Gardens, which is a black working class area that has really been hit hard by foreclosure. So one of the other stories we covered was the foreclosure crisis. Well, I mean, the real problem is, and I, I want to play you a comment from one of our listeners, this kind of demonstrates the problem that's going on all over the country, which is that people are, are ready to switch parties. They're not going to, to vote according to what maybe is their registered party on their voter card. 
My name is Romano Lopez. There is a general assumption that Cuban Americans are all Republicans. I am not a Republican. I'm an independent. I have voted consistently for Democrats the last 10 years, and I'm not thinking of voting for Republican anytime soon. So Marco Rubio will not get my check mark. He's talking about not voting for Marco Rubio, but the same thing could be true for Kendrick Meek. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting race where you have three men of different ethnicities. You know, uh, Governor Christ is white, Kendrick Meek, Congressman Meek is African-American, Marco Rubio, Cuban-American. But in some ways, race is not the biggest actor in this. And as uh, your your caller, Romano Lopez, points out, people paint different ethnicities as having only one affiliation, and that's not true either. So it's an interesting state. You know, it seems that the narrative in Florida, and I wonder if the Governor Christ story is this narrative, is all about the tension between traditional identity politics and and a candidate who can sort of step forward and kind of rise above it all. And Christ, in reaction to the Gulf crisis, really seems to have managed to find a step up there. And, and I wonder if anybody else can can uh, take his lead. Well, you know, it's I was just looking at the polls. I mean, this is a sort of indirect way of looking at it. But in the polls, uh, one poll has uh, Chris only two points behind Rubio. Another one has him like 14 points behind Rubio. It depends on whether you're really looking at um, a lot of people do see Governor Chris as someone who has elevated himself above the fray, but other people see him as a traitor to his party. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's move away for just a moment from the, the three-legged uh, race for the Senate and, and, and talk about someone else that you spoke to when you were down there in Florida, and that's Alan West. He's one of only uh, 32 African-Americans running for Congress on the Republican ticket. And, and you had kind of an interesting conversation with him. Let's, uh, let's hear his, a comment that he made to you. When I come along and uh, say, you know, look, you know, I'm, I'm here. I want to run for Congress. A lot of people say, well, that's very nice, and uh, you, you go down and do your best. So we raised $583,000 all on our own in basically a, an eight-month campaign, and we ended up with 45.3%. Very embarrassing for the Republican Party because a lot of people said, they just missed an opportunity to win back a seat that they had held for 26 years. What's he talking about there? Well, this was his 2008 race because basically Alan West is part of this insurgent uh, Tea Party movement, which it's no longer just insurgent. It's basically now a, a political reality. But two years ago when he was running, people were like, who the heck are you? He's a he's a retired colonel who served in Afghanistan, but he's not a political player. In fact, he, he wasn't even um, a registered voter until 2003. So he came out of nowhere, but he had huge support. He's basically a YouTube star. He gets millions of views on YouTube for making conservative speeches, things like, you know, talking about get out your musket, you know, get ready to fight. He's like a real stir him up kind of guy. And I think that what he's really talking about here is that the Republican Party wasn't ready for him. It wasn't even that it's, voters were ready for him. The Republican Party wasn't. Now that could be the story of this entire election season. Yeah. <laughs> Any major themes coming out of Florida that you saw, Farai? Um Just a, a lot of a lot of woundedness over the economic situation, but then also these questions of xenophobia and and otherness. You know, I mean, we did go to Gainesville where there was scheduled to be the Koran burning that didn't happen, but we went to an interfaith service and spoke with people there, and they were just, you know, this little kid said something very profound. He was like, you know, uh, you know, I'm angry at you, Terry Jones, for painting my city in a bad way. Okay, Farai today, a host of WNYC Race, Rage, and Reconciliation. It's a three-part special on the midterm elections. You can check it out on their website.
On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.